0: Welcome again to another podcast um, today. I'm David Harrison. It's uh, the 14th of uh, December, and I'm luckily sitting today with the guys from I Extend. I've got Mark and Pro Tip, who are um, basically in the uh, you know the, the hierarchy of I Extend. And uh, we've been doing some work with them at the moment, and uh, they've been an education looking at being an education partner with the group. But they've got some interesting story and and everybody who's been listening and watching the press would realize that they've had a little bit of uh, exciting press of late and uh, a little bit of fun with the regulator. Um, Pro tip, Mark, uh, anyone would like to give us the uh, you know a little bit of insight as
1: to who I extend are? Right, sure. Um, can you hear me and see me properly? We're good. Pro tip, mate. We're very excellent, we're very excellent, good. excellent. Something happened on my side of the, of the computer, right? Okay. Um. Thanks for the opportunity, uh, David. Look, uh, who is uh, who? Who's the i extend and what's behind us? So um, let me take a step back and take you to the genesis of what i extend is. <clears throat> this came came in as an idea from uh, one of the practitioners. Some of you would know um, a gentleman by the name Guy Mankey, uh, he had this idea quite some time back, and he floated this with some of his friends he went to school with, um, and, uh, and and they happened to be um, running some really serious investment banking portfolios, who saw the the need in the market, the gap in the market. So that's how it started all altogether. It came from one of the practitioners, it's advisors, an advisor's idea, <clears throat> which was monetized by. A um, couple of gentlemen by the name of uh, Rodney Payne, uh, David Sarkis, Anthony Julian representing uh, the Moss Rich Capital, which is the private equity family office that backs us. Um, what we are, we are a private company. Um, the idea behind this is as we saw the market, there was a gap in the market where, with the exponential increases in the premium in the cohort of clients, where the aging clients they were getting hit by hockey stick premium increases and also the premium increases in the back book resulting in serious levels of cancellations um, and the only option the a consumer had was to either reduce the cover or cancel the cover or keep paying the premium and away we went. We thought that if you if they had an option where we could invest in these, Uh, invest in these assets, the insurance policies, then we could actually pay the premium and share the claim and give them an option when people are stuck between rock and a hard place. So that's the essence of it. What we look at is anybody who has decided to cancel or reduce their cover and they are in a position where their health has substantially deteriorated since they took out the policy. So they either keep paying the premium or you cancel it or reduce it, because if they go out to the market, they will get a substantial loading at the best or get a decline at worst. So you do not have any options available to you as a consumer, so those clients can come to us through you to say, would we invest in their policy? When we take that policy over, we become co-owners of the policy which allows us to distribute the, the claim proceed, which is uh, paid by the insurer into a corporate trustee, which is the custodian uh, perpetual tr- corporate trust. They then disperse the, the uh, proceeds based on a percentage share. So what I mean by that is over a period of time, that percentage of claim will go to the client's estate or beneficiary, whoever they want and nominate that goes from 60% in the first year plus the CPI to 40% in the second year plus CPI to 20% and then 10 from fourth year onwards and it goes 10% plus CPI till the claim happens and we invest in it we keep paying all the premium or part of the premium depending on what they surrender so that's the essence of what we are um, and we try to make sure that we keep everybody in 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 the loop so the advisor remains the advisor. The client still gets something for nothing um, and is allowed to, allowed to uh, you know, instead of getting nothing for, for all the premiums that they've paid, um, their, their beneficiaries or their estate end up benefiting at least 10% of the face value.
0: So we'll go through a couple of the finer details on how we get it. Sure in a minute but look what i wanted to do is that you know mark flagged with us in philip in the philippines but you're obviously you threw this up to the regulator they said yeah. we don't know what it is you guys decide you guys decided it wasn't a product yeah. um yeah. then you threw it up and then you put it out there and the regulator said well hang on guys it is a product and so as a result they've uh, put an eu on you which you expected yeah. um the press gave you a bit of a uh, a bit of a ride a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so talk, talk us through the EU and what sure, it is.
1: Sure. Maybe we start from, uh, uh, and Mark, thank you for say, suggesting that, because we were expecting it when Mark was in Cibu. um We thought that he would have to drop everything over there and start making calls. But, you know, as, as it happens with the regulator, they have got a lot of uh, the things on their plate, so that it takes a lot of time for uh, us to, uh, you know, get, get a response on that. Um, so when we started... Again, the, uh, the core of this offer is to keep everything uh, open and honest. So we reached out uh, through our uh, lawyers to say, hey, uh, we're doing this. What do you think we should do? Um, and well, after a bit of a drawn out you know, period, they came back saying, we can't tell you what, what you should do in terms of licensing or not you need to go get your legal opinion. So away we went and we did that. Um, we, when we hired Free Hills, we had our own senior counsel and you know, legal team. Uh, their opinion was, we don't need a license. Um, so we went back and let uh, the regulator know that this is our legal opinion, to which they said, uh, unfortunately, we disagree you need license but we could not fit into one of the license that was there because it's such a new product um unfortunately we 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 were getting our legal team was telling us that this is the license you need to get an fsl so we went back with that uh which was met with uh now you need to get an issuance license uh which meant we became a product and all our legal advice was suggesting otherwise um But uh, at the end of the day, I suppose we have to toe the line with what the regulator says. So we decided to take the uh, code enforceable undertaking and reach back to them saying we would apply for a license um, and we will go with the issuance. We still believe we're not a product, but if that's what is required, we will go ahead and do that. but they also being very nice to us in terms of coming back, coming around, and saying we will expedite the licensing arrangement, which has allowed us to work in tandem with ASIC to get the license organised. Um, so we have already applied for a license, um, and also we made a comment about what uh, what 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 expediting means. So we said that seven to eight weeks is. Reasonable, anything about that does not <clears throat> look like or feel like it's being expedited. They noted that. So, in that period, whilst we have the EU, um, we, can, we will be able to communicate and deal with potential cases, but we can't put them on, our, on a balance sheet. We can't conduct business. So, we went and applied for a car, a corporate authorized rep of a, a licensee, Ingenious Brokers in Melbourne. So we have that in place, under which we are able to deal with the uh, with the potential clients without putting them on the balance sheet. So essentially, no agreements, no terms would be done. Um, let me delve into the specifics of the EU. So when the EU was done, they actually looked at every do- every document that we had, every process that we had, and came back um, pretty much with one. Um, Uh, two, actually, two uh, suggestions. One was we needed to uh, increase our notice period from 20 days to 60 days. That was pretty easy. We said, that's fine. That's absolutely all right. The other one was um, to get the insurance license. Now, under EU, what it says that you're not allowed to conduct business whilst you're getting your license. And what we have gone back to say to potential clients, because the consumer harm is another issue that they that they want us to address. So that's why we need to get the FSL, we become part of the ecosystem. Um, as a result, any policies that are coming to us right now is going through a qualification period. And we believe that takes us into January, which is the expedition period. Uh, expeditious period will end, where we can then conduct business through the car, which is what what the agreement is between us and the regulator and the legal team. Um, So that's the EU currently where we stand, but I can delve into it in terms of what we are doing uh, about policies that are going to go to hard laps because of non-payment of premium. In such cases, we are able to pay those premiums without any recourse, without any expectation that the client will go ahead or not, but at least they don't lapse the policies. Uh, that is something that we have been able to arrange through a legal team. So we're not still not doing business as in technical terms, we're not putting them on the balance sheet. We're not allowed to, but we can pay the pay the premiums of policies that we think will qualify and we'll, we think will be uh, we'll be able to get them onto the balance sheet and sign the agree, agreements and paperwork when we are licensed in Fair. That's where the period uh, we believe we will get the license in.
0: So ultimately, from an advisor's perspective, it, you know, you're, you're pretty well still, if they've got a good case, you're still open for business. And that's Absolutely. that's the important thing from us. Like, you know, yeah. a, it's not an EO, EU that was based on something you've done wrong. It okay. was an EU based on, you know, a, a, setup, a setup issue. And look, that, that, that's, that's what we're looking for is the, the yeah. ins and out of that one. And look, project you already looked a little bit at the, the way that the product runs and how it actually works. And obviously, you know, we're going to be encouraging advisors to reach out to you a little bit more for some more inf- information. Mm-hmm. But the point for me is that the crux of the policy is the way it falls into a best interest duty. And so mm-hmm. let, me, let me put some context in that. that if a client comes into me as an advisor and says, look, I'm you know, 55 years old, you know, and uh, I've, you know, my, my, my premium's a little bit too... Um, too expensive, but my doctor's got me on these heart, heart tablet pills, and there's a few things going on, and you know, and I, they're just in a little bit of a quandary as to, well, they need to, they can't afford their insurance, mm. probably still need it. Um, probably a classic example for you guys. Um, if I, as an advisor, don't recommend I extend,
1: mm.
0: I think I, I think that advisor has been remiss in their duties because that's an opportunity for both. Well, definitely for the client to maintain their cover a little longer and at mm. least well, a small amount
1: of cover for the rest of their life. So it's mm. um,
0: it's an interesting one, man. So how do you guys see that?
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting point. Look, I think um, in our travels, um, when we started this, we spoke to a lot of uh, firms. Some took their time to get their head around it. But in terms of best interest duty, let me take a step back and say this. Um, I think it's also to do with the standardization of process across the board. Uh, what I mean by that is the front end of our business is, uh, advanced business is very uh, well documented. If somebody comes in or somebody needs cover, somebody needs to increase that, we have a documented process of doing a fact find, we do FSG, we do the advice documentation, all of that. But the back end of when when policies lapse or cancel or gets expensive. It's quite um, fragmented, from my experience. It's it's not standardized. Some will deal with a level of, yeah, sign the documents, you still need the cover, but that's okay if you sign it, send it across. To the other end, uh, the other spectrum, what we see is when somebody comes into cancellation or reduction, they go through the medical process, they go through a complete checkup and it's standardized, documented, well explained. Now, To your point about the best interest side of things is just something that's come up several times and you would have seen some of the press uh, releases and the ensemble day we we had the uh, we had a panel discussion about it i think the best interest uh, duty from a client's point of view where when we went to the market initially when we started we asked some of the experts in the market and they said if you are able to put a client in a better position and a better outcome than what they are right now, that certainly meets the best, best interest. And to your point, David, yes. If you know about this offer, I put it to you, how, how, can one, uh, how can an advisor or anybody, any practitioner, not put this in front of their client? At the very least, at the end of the cancellation process where you've tried everything and the client still wants to cancel or reduce, Knowing that we exist, it becomes imperative, I think, from some of the comments that we're getting, that it has to be put in front of the client. And it, it, and I'll quote Chris Mason, who runs MBS Insurance Broking, and he, they took this offer back to their board. And the chairman of the board is Peter McKinsey, one of the really well-known insurance lawyers. Uh, he had a good look at it, and he came back saying, well, now that you guys know it, as an advisor, when a client comes to you, they're expecting you to be the source. And if you know something that could possibly be of use to them, you need to put this in front of each and every client who decides to cancel or reduce, who may be in a better position as a result of dealing with us and as a result of using our 10 So to your point about best interest, I think it's it's we, we, we find that people who are using us and uh, the the traction we're getting a lot of traction at the high end of the market or or even the one-man band and they completely agree with your um, with your statement there that since they know that we that we are there and it could be a better option for the client the client needs to decide whether they want to do whether they want to partner up with us or not Uh, the personal biases yeah, sorry, gone.
0: But ultimately, pro tip is, you know, the advisor needs to, the, the client needs to decide, but the advisor yeah. needs to advise. And and that's and that's the right. crux of it, because most people who come in and they're saying they wanted to cancel, advisors mm. will back out of that game anyway, because they'll mm. say, right, well, here's some different premium options, whatever, and they say, I still yeah. want to cancel. And I say, well, just yeah. premium, so there's not a piece of advice to, to cancel yeah. your policy. Yeah. Whereas this thing, so it means that it's, a, it's an either, you know, um, transaction-only mm-hmm. piece yep. or... Uh, and, and nothing the client just gets. Yes. But in this case, I think that from our end, we'd be sort of you know looking for an ROA or something along those lines. Mm. But but before we go into that, I'm more mm. interested from your end. So if I get a client who I know that may not fit your your area, say they're 50, they're mm. not that crook. Yeah. You know, not sick yet. Their life expectancy is still 20 or 30 years. Um, if I stick it up to you guys to have a look at,
1: mm. what does that
0: take? and what's the process how much paperwork do i have to do as an advisor and how yes. long does it you to come back to me with a determination
1: yeah look that that's that's valid question and we're very conscious of the fact that everything we do these days requires so much amount of work that it's another added burden on an advisor's life that they don't need so we, were, we what we wanted to make sure was we wanted to keep this very simple and quick so to which what we have done is we, we've given ourselves a, a space where we are able to launch, and we have launched it. It's called the Quick Calculator. Now, if you've got a client, all you need is the basic details of what you know about the client, and it will spit out and an, an assessment, the probability of acceptance or probably not not going to be accepted within what, about 35 to uh, 35 seconds to a minute if you have the details with you. So it's as simple as that. So that's the start of the journey so to play around with it. If you go onto our website, you can see that in the front. There's a calculator there. You put that in. So, for example, you have a client who's say 55, um, had quadruple bypass, and you know, you know that that, that's, that has had a trauma client. You put that detail in there, and if you have the client, if you know that this person, if he goes out today, Is going to get declined or get a substantial loading, um, you you will get an answer straight up, and you probably have a it it will tell you it it is likely good fit. So once you have that, um, that comes straight through to us, and we'll get onto it. All we need is some of the um, documentation that's uh, to be done, which is the consent forms, and we don't medically underwrite. We just can can confirm the conditions are there. If somebody says I've had carotid bypass. we just need to know that that's happened, and uh, that's 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 all there is from uh, from qualifying to getting onto board, where we start to go. Oh, or let's organize the paperwork with the insurer.
0: So, so let me clarify that. So, the first thing yeah. is, jump on your website, yeah. the put the details. Yeah. In. The calculator will give us a, a pretty well, yeah, yeah. Maybe, a, a yes, a maybe, or a no. If yeah. it's a no, we proceed our own way. If it's a yeah. maybe or a yes we download some forms we send them yeah in, yeah yeah so you
1: okay absolutely. let me take let me take you through that when you when you qualify one of the dms so let's say somebody's in new south wales we'll we'll have my distribution manager in new south wales amir sheikh call you straight up to that because it when you do the calculation if it's a good fit we get uh, we get a information we get a, a notification that that, that this this is a good fit here. So they'll get the client. The client, um, sorry, your advisor will get a call from our distribution manager, and they will send you some docu sign forms, which are an advisor consent and the client consent, which comes back electronically. If you want that, if you don't want it, if you want a hard copy, we can arrange that. Once that's come, once that comes back, we send that to the doctor to get the file notes on the specifically to the for those conditions because they've qualified in those conditions and we get that the, the risk team risk assessors will say yep this qualifies that's when we go get the if it's inside super we need to take it outside of super because we can't take can't acquire assets inside super we it comes out of super and then we transfer it into the name of perpetual corporate trustees and under which we have the so, a ownership deed, which is signed by the policy owner, policy holder, and us, to say now we go on the policy and I extend will pay all the premium.
0: Yeah, well that's, that's that's really easy. So basically, from an advisor perspective, we have not much to do. So we've yeah. got to look after the the advice document in our end, and from yeah. that, it's, uh, look, it, it's pretty simple. In that, if it's a no, then they go and cancel, and we do whatever advice we would be. And if we recommend I yeah. extend for my yeah. For my email would be, you know, I think I'd be comfortable with an, R- with an ROA in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, uh, in that particular circumstance. Um, what are you seeing other licensees taking? Is it a full yep. SOA or an ROA yep. or no docs at all? Okay.
1: Well, I'll, I'll get Mark to jump in on this, but let me just say what we've seen so far we've seen a file note to a full SOA. It's a, it's a whole range of things depending on who you talk to. Um, but what you just said that, David, is what we are. Majority of the advisors are going, right, okay, if I'm going to be involved in this and the client's mind, so I will be more comfortable doing an ROA. But we are also getting the license, which means that if you want us to you spot and refer the client out to us, we can deal with that directly. So it's more of a referral arrangement. And Saba, I'll get you to talk about that. One of the larger dealer groups actually does that with us? They go well. Once the clients identified, you are off to I extend and you deal with them. so you want to make a comment on this? Mate, I shall. It's um, and Pro's very very
2: right, David. We have such a wide spectrum of opinion depending on licensee. As I say one end of the spectrum. File note was a judge to be sufficient. Next was RA, uh, uh, Next was statement of advice. Myself, I listened to a particular viewpoint, which I thought was quite sensible, that if the policy wasn't in super, an R.I. would probably suffice, right? Yeah. If it was in super, because of the, obviously, the uh, whole lot of consequences that emerged from withdrawing it from super, the effect on balance contributions, all that type of stuff, the view there was statement of advice, right? So that was... When I had that explained to him, I thought, oh, yeah, that's quite a sensible approach to things, yeah? The other thing, as Pro mentioned, is that because we're effectively talking to a client that's already made that decision to cancel or reduce, a number of licensees have said, look, we're really happy just to have an effectively identify and refer type system, right? So we get to the, the client to the point of view where they've made that very hard decision to cancel, and then the opportunity is to refer it to us. Which means that we can give them general advice as it sits now, and obviously what we uh, that, that that will be the intention in the future, and it allows the us to give general advice in relation to that product solution as an alternative to cancellation. So That's my summary, David. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: look, and that's it. I think in most case, advisors will understand which case. I think he, uh, what, what I'm taking from this is the, the best thing is to jump on the website, um, follow it through. So it's the iExtend website. So it's just iExtend.com. Sure. Yeah. Um, look, guys, one other thing I didn't do at the very beginning, can you guys just introduce yourselves and tell us what you do at iExtend? Sure. So, Mark, you go first.
2: But uh, David, I have the pleasure of being the guy that looks after sort of the the licensees and the and the uh, relationships we have with professional associations, so FAAA, uh, ensemble, those types of things. But the majority of my work is with with the licensees, David, as as, as you know. So it's very much introducing the concept at the licensee level, meeting whatever obligations the uh, the licensee uh, expects. And getting it, hopefully, to the point of time of the licensee goes, yep, we're happy for our advisors to to utilize the offer. And obviously, as Pro explained a wee bit earlier, that's going to go through a wee bit of change. So that's my job role, David. Yeah. Right. Excellent.
1: Uh, David, I, I head up distribution um, for uh, Extend. Um have the pleasure of sitting in the head office um, and, uh, you know, watch Mark zoom around the world and <laughs> present at different conferences. But, uh, yeah, I have a team of eight. Um, I've got a couple of uh, distribution managers in Victoria. Uh, We've got, uh, we got a team of two up in uh, Queensland. And then you have, uh, we have uh, a gentleman here in uh, New South Wales. And one, one uh, we have, uh, a DM in um, distribution manager in Adelaide, based out of Adelaide, looking after, you know South Australia and Western Australia. So um, where 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 do I uh, fit in? I started with the company when uh, we were an idea. Um, went through the whole phase of uh, you know launching the company. Um, there was a crazy few few um, months because uh, you know David, you'd agree with this. Doing a startup is madness, uh, and to do that in hard lockdown is you've really got to check your uh, you know your uh, mental faculty because. <laughs> here we are we didn't know uh, completely new innovation to a marketplace which has never not seen an innovation the product policy design hasn't changed in 35 40 years and we brought this idea when people were all uh, locked up inside um, in their houses so uh, i started with this company right from then uh, and then we recruited a team of people um David, I'll just say this, uh, it's been a fascinating ride so far. Uh, it's exciting uh, and it's it's very rarely that you get a chance to put your grubby little fingerprints in something and make it from scratch and to be surrounded by such people within the company and to see the support that we're getting is quite humbling. Um, so that's where we are at. Um, so basically, I'm at the front end of the thing and, you know, there are two types of uh, people in the world either you in sales or in sales support so um so the, i think from a from a company point of view we are we, we all front end we, we're very small at the moment but looking uh, looking to harness the growth uh, growth opportunities the, the new 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 design and what the, what stubble was talking about the license would provide us with um that's big in a nutshell
0: no that's cool pro that's uh thank you for that well mate look guys we've Looked at our extend. We know who you are and what you do. Um, yep. Looked at the best interests, our documents, your documents, um, hmm. and the things we need to do. Ultimately, I'll get my team to put some um,
1: some stuff on the website. Is there anything else you wanted to wanted to add? Sure. There's a couple of things, David. You know, when you were talking about when a client comes to us, uh, when you, you have done, you've, you've fulfilled your side of a set of rules, what what you need to do in terms of cancellation process, so on and so forth. One thing that came to uh, the forefront was the fact that we are able to provide you with a document that says this may not be a good fit and you can have a PDF file of that and put it in your client file. The reason being, one of the advisors, practitioners actually brought this to our attention. He said, it's not so much now, but when the rate at which you guys are going and the proposition seems absolutely you know, suitable for people who are canceling, if we don't have a record of putting this in front of the client, we quite possibly could look at some, you know, beneficiaries turning up at their offices with some, uh, a certain professional who guarantees that if there is no win, no pay, um, to, to understand what did you do with their parents or the, uh, their father or mother's policy when they decided to cancel, did you put iX10 in front of it? So this advisor says to me, what he's doing is he's not so much worried about the ones we take, he's worried about the ones we don't take. He needs to have that documentation on, on the client file. Now, that's interesting, right? I mean, just sharing that with you, because um, some people have the view that, you know, litigation risk is always gonna be there regardless of what you do. Um, but in his view, it's about minimising that, that risk and exposure. So that's something I wanted to share. Uh, one of the things I wanted to share is, just wouldn't, wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts on it. I can, I can
0: assure you from a licensing perspective, that seems like a really smart thing to do. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And the good thing about it is it's not onerous to you guys. Like I can put no. something through the calculator on the, on the iExtend website. Yeah. Yep. No extra work to you, but I can say, look, I checked this for you mate bang yep. you still yep. want to cancel and they're out yep. and well look I've you know essentially you've done everything you yeah it's yeah. and protect that client yep. And I mean, there's times where clients don't need their, their insurance anymore and that's, no. that's that's their that's their choice but yeah, um, absolutely. At least, absolutely you know look what I was going to say to you is this, this is a clever innovative product. And it, helps, it can help a number of clients. Mm. I hope that you guys make a killing out of it. And in time, the actual mm. share of the insurance yeah. actually changes over time. And, I, you yeah. know, who knows how that's going to happen as you get more more work in that one. But, yeah, gentlemen, sure. it's been super informative. And um, I really hope that uh, this goes down uh, well with the advisors. And um, it's definitely given me a lot more insight. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time.
1: Anytime. Thank you, Simon. So thank Pleasure you, David.
0: Me. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks you. very much. So yeah. I have a great yeah. Christmas.
2: See you everyone. Yeah.